Welcome to a very spooky edition of No Nazar. I am joined here today with my sister, Hapsa. Hello. And we're actually recording this on Halloween night. So hopefully, fingers crossed, you're listening to this on Halloween or at least the day after. But I thought in the spirit of uh, the spooky holiday, we would talk about scary monsters and scary myths that come out of the South Asian subcontinent. And before we begin, we are going to be interrupted by doorbells and little kids asking for candy because, uh, like I said, it's Halloween night and uh, we can't not give out candy. So Hafsa, how do you feel about Halloween in general? I don't know. I think we've had a really weird upbringing with Halloween. Like in the beginning when we were younger, our mom would always like dress us up like last minute mm. with some of her sparkly makeup and we would go as like a princess or a like a fairy or whatever um we'd get candy but then i think like a little bit later we like parents got super religious and we were like no halloween is haram and and we didn't you know <laughs> celebrate it close the lights and hid in the basement type of thing <laughs> but um but now i think that we're older um we kind of have our own uh, opinions about halloween so um, I mean, I personally don't see anything wrong with celebrating it as a Muslim. Um, and yeah, so like for that reason, that's why we're giving out candy today. It's funny because, um, I, I mean, I'm a lot older than Hafsa. I'm like about eight, nine eight years, years old, older than you. And um, uh, I remember my very first Halloween uh, was in school. My mom, mom went all out on me. Like she paint, she put me in full green face paint. Yes, I remember this. You yeah. didn't remember it because you weren't born. No, no, like I remember seeing pictures. <laughs> I remember seeing pictures. Yeah, and and it was uh, and that was great. So my first association with Halloween was really positive. But then you're right. In between, like growing up, we hardly ever dressed up because it was seen as this really wrong and sinful thing. And there's still like a degree of that. Mm. But I think what's really interesting is that um like within our culture as pakistanis we have so many myths and legends and superstitions superstitions, exactly that uh have a life of their own and come from canon of their own that's you know some of it kind of dips and delves into the islamic um uh like the islamic roots of uh, our upbringing Mm -hmm. but also in just the pre-islamic roots as well so I have a list of scary oh. monsters and myths. I, can I just say, I, I, I like Halloween, but I hate scary things. Like, I, I never, I've never watched a horror movie. I just don't like the idea of being scared. It's just not fun, so. Well, too bad. Because, this. I mean, you agreed to this. It's yeah. too late to back out now. Uh, okay, let's just get over it. Okay, so the first, and before I begin, let me just say as well, I am no by no means an expert. This is like through Wikipedia research and looking it's online. Very in-depth. Very in-depth. Uh, yeah, so in-depth. I would consider myself a scholar or an academic at this point. No, absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> so the first uh, thing on the list is Kala Jadu. Do you know what Kala Jadu is? So let me also say, um, even though we're Pakistani, <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't speak Urdu. 
Um, I like know a couple words. You understand it. But like, I can understand it kind of, but like I don't speak it. It's not my first language, but I know Gala means black. Don't know what Jadu means though. Is so, that like the Jadu TV box? Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, so Jadu means magic, right? Okay. So, oh, okay, okay. Exactly. So there's this concept of uh, so Kala Jadu literally translated means black magic. Okay. And um, so just delving into personal history because I looked online and there's not much in ways of like a history of Kala Jadu Um, it's more like a colloquial and oral traditions of black magic Mm. and I'm sure somebody listening will definitely have a more nuanced understanding of it but it's interesting because Kala Jadu predates uh, Islam but also uh, there's a lexicon or like a you know an idea of it in Islam that there right. is this, such a thing as black magic. Yeah. So in Pakistan I know that um, uh, what's very common for uh, uh, young Pakistanis to wear especially when they're babies is a taviz. Do you know what a taviz no, is? No idea. So a Tawiz is like a black necklace and it's like made out of thread and there's a black pouch in it. And uh, what I always thought when I was little was that it just had folded up parts of the Quran, usually the Ayatul Kursi, right? Right, right? Which is one of the most sacred parts of the Quran. Um, and it was folded up in there and it's kind of used as a symbol to ward away against evil eye. And everyone who's listening to the show should know by now what Nazar means. Of course, yes. Oh my gosh. It's in the title of the show. And um, so the Taviz is meant to protect against the evil eye, the Nazar, that people people can give. And Nazar could be a a type of black magic in the sense that uh, Nazar is, uh, like, like, there's witches who are also called, like, I think they're called Dayan or Dayan or... Something. Oh I'm probably God. pronouncing that so badly. Yeah. But there are witches who will practice witchcraft. And like all witchcraft around the world, like the history of it is pretty much shrouded in secrecy. Because obviously uh, it's interesting, even witches in like ancient India were also persecuted. And even modern day witches mm-hmm. or people perceived to be witches are persecuted as well today. In South Asia today. In South Asia today. Oh. It's less common, but it okay. still happens. So Kala Jadu is something that's practiced by these witches. Um, some of the stories I've heard is uh, people reciting the Quran backward. Oh yeah, yeah, I've heard about this. Yeah, yeah. Right. Have you? What have you heard? Uh, well, that. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, things like uh, if you say like certain parts of the Quran and you recite it in a certain way in a certain circle, mm. I don't. It seems very like supernatural with like the pentagram that type of stuff. Yeah, and then what's interesting? So for anyone who watches Supernatural. Uh, one of their weapons is like salt against ghosts. Oh my god, really? <laughs> yeah, so that's in so great because, but this got, there's this ancient belief. And right. through my research, I, I noticed there's this recurring theme of uh, salt being used to protect against black magic and um, uh, or kala jadu and jinn, which we'll get into later, mm-hmm. and uh, anything, any evil presence. So, uh, a lot of like uh, commandments of protecting yourself against black jadu is like wear a taviz, um, which is very symbolic and uh, a, a, you know coat the perimeter of your home with uh, salt mm. so now where islam comes in is quite interesting because in islam there's no idea that you know like tokens or symbols are protective because that is considered like a form of shirk right the only thing that protects you isn't just like a like a a symbol or something or just the written word it's it's the belief in god 
right? Mm -hmm. That's what will protect you. It's not the actual act of like folding up a piece of the Quran. Like you have to actually read the Quran. That's how you get the benefit from it. So, um, but there's still this idea that Kala Jadu does exist even in uh, Islam. Okay. Okay, so the next one, I am almost 95% certain that you've heard of it. Okay. Jarel. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what? I've heard that more of an insult, like as an insult <laughs> than anything else. That's so funny. That's like what my what mom says to me sometimes when she doesn't like what I'm wearing. So can you describe what a chirel is? Doesn't it mean like a witch? Like wh- what I think chirel it means like something like you look very gaunt and very like I don't know very witch like. So there's lots of like conflicting um, reports of what a chirel is. When I went in th- did the research, oh, oh there's trick a treaters. trick or treater. Okay, okay, we'll be back. Intermission. Okay, you're back from the trick or treaters. What were they dressed up as? One was a hippie. The I other see. was a gumball machine. <laughs> <laughs> she had like pom poms all across her shirt and then like a little sign saying twenty five cents. That's awesome. Uh-huh. Yeah, she was so cute. Um, I'll be very surprised if there's anyone dressed up. I'll be very freaked out if there's anyone dressed up as a churel. <laughs> oh my god. Wait, wait, so, so now what exactly is a churel? You're going into that. Okay, so uh, churel, there's some kind of uh, conflicting sort of reports of what exactly a churel is. But um, it, it's a well-known entity that uh, has legends or is like has roots in India, Bangladesh and Pakistan. Mm-hmm. And it's typically described as a female demon or a tree-dwelling spirit. So uh, the stories that I grew up with, that mostly our cousins um, would tell me, would regale me with stories of, is uh, a chirel is usually described as a woman Mm -hmm. with a very pale, almost paper-white skin, long black hair, um, often very beautiful, but her telltale um, symbol that she's a chirel is that her feet are backwards. (gasps) (laughs) <laughs> oh my god <laughs> it's not real calm down <laughs> but um that you know her feet are backwards and she's wearing uh, like red like she's like not a red dress but i would guess like a red shalwar kameez or something um so and, and often the stories i would hear is that a chirel would um like uh try and invite get herself invited into your home almost like ancient like vampire stories okay. well not ancient i guess modern day vampire stories um, or she would try and like uh, you know come into your car. She'd flag down cars at the side of the road because um, she looks like an innocent woman. And I used to hear so many stories of these growing up of uh, encounters with Jarel in like uh, the rural areas of Pakistan and India. So uh, some of the research I did was really interesting. Um, so there's usual usually like two types of Jarel. There's the one that I described with the very beautiful woman with the backward feet. Or they can appear as very ugly, hideous, deformed uh, women with uh, saggy breasts, the backwards feet, and a long black tongue, and they look like a yeah. <laughs> they look like a they look like a hag, essentially. Hag. I haven't I haven't heard the use of that word in a very long time. And and the origin of a chirel is actually began in Persia, ancient Persia, oh. and. Um, they're uh, t- said to be the spirit of a dissatisfied woman. So dissatisfaction could be anything from like she didn't get what she wanted in life, like she didn't have children in life, 
Um, it could even be as like extreme as like um, you know she wasn't sexually uh, pleasured oh, okay. in her this life. Is very gross. Oh my God. <laughs> so I'll just uh, we won't dwell on that too much. No, but um, basically, it's just like an unfulfilled woman in some way, right? Um, that's pretty interesting, though. That that's like that's such a strong characterization for a woman. Mm-hmm. Like um, I don't know to to go to further like delve into her. Um, like personality and like the reasons as to why she became like this demon as you say is very interesting because when you hear about like like I don't know like the boogeyman or whatever right there's not much backstory right because mm-hmm. I guess like men are like I don't know inherently scary scary I don't know <laughs> but I don't know it's a very interesting um, feminist approach all right, back again from some more trick-or-treaters. What were they dressed up this time? Um, so there's Kylo Ren, okay. uh, Thor, and Harry Potter, which was super cute. An interesting, an interesting mix. Interesting <laughs> mix. <laughs> that would be a great mashup for a movie, I feel Oh, like. yeah, that would be amazing. Oh, my God. <laughs> I tend to be like, who would win in a fight? But let's not go there. Um, okay, on to the next... I want to call it like what South Asian monster like segment I guess I don't segment know. I don't know um, so this is one that I had kind of heard about I think through when I used to watch Supernatural when I was younger mm-hmm. um, and I realized it's actually real based as in real as in based in actual um, Indian mythology okay. and that is the Vitala never heard of it I probably mispronouncing it as I usually do um, so the Vitala is kind of the precursor to the vampire. So it was like the original, like originator of this uh, vampiric myth, right? Mm-hmm. So vampires, as we know, are like um, the undead. Uh, they uh, need human blood to survive. They can transform into bats. They're usually very lustful. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and people often credit Bram Stoker as creating the first uh, vampire in literature. Those for all too, right? Or no, that's the first one in film. That's the first one in film. Yeah. The first one in writing was uh, Dracula, right? Oh, the, the yeah, 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 of course. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and I know that because I had to read that book twice during my undergrad. Not oh, fun. <laughs> <laughs> so the Vitala are defined as spirits that inhabit cadavers or uh, like holy grounds uh, or not holy grounds, uh, Okay, let me say that again. So Vitala are defined as spirits that inhabit cadavers or grounds in which um, bodies are kind of uh, left to be buried, Mm -hmm. right? And uh, these corpses are used as vehicles for movement um, as they no longer decay while they're inhabited. But a Vitala may also leave a body at will. And uh, there's lots of different kind of... um, uh you know spins on them but the thing that why people say that they are a uh, a precursor to the vampires because they need human blood to survive mm-hmm. and so it's a very creepy myth and i loved it i like i love anything horror unlike hafsa <laughs> don't like it but um i just love this idea of uh like these ancient indian spirits um inhabiting dead bodies i think that's so creepy and awesome and um it's had a bit of a revival in western media because it was included in um television shows like uh, supernatural like i said uh, sleepy hollow and jekyll and hyde 
but um there's also but they also kind of feature in uh indian dramas as well oh really well there's a lot of indian dramas as opposed to pakistani dramas that will feature like jinns and jirel and demons and and See, gods and goddesses pakistani or indian dramas, so neither I do know. i but i have kind of like a working sort of knowledge of oh, them okay. although just before we recorded my mom was telling me to our mom yeah. was, telling, <laughs> <laughs> was telling us to um to to watch a Pakistani drama because our, both of our Urdu isn't my Urdu is still better than yours. Yeah, because you lived with our Kala, right? Like yeah. our aunt, right? Yeah, for, and I'd speak um, I'd speak Urdu with her like all the time, even oh, though she yeah. speaks perfect English. Yeah, she, I, I speak with our Kala in English, but so. she insisted that I which is good not learn i knew urdu i've always known how to speak urdu but my urdu was my problem is like grammar like oh, i yeah, always yeah. like uh use the wrong gendered um pronouns and oh, stuff yeah. uh or the impolite ones like tum <laughs> or tu instead of aap or whatever Even we all I say aap 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 which yeah. is more appropriate but um yeah so i don't have much on the vitala but that's that's um that's all i got for the vitala it's very uh, interesting so any any comments about the Vitala? I don't know. I think it's really interesting that these really kind of Western centric, um, uh, like supernatural creatures actually have really strong roots in uh, in South Asia. I think that's really interesting. I don't know. I mean, I don't think you have dates for for like when these. I don't know when these creatures were like um, first written down. I guess it's, it's a history that spread more throughout like word of mouth. Oral traditions. Oral yeah. Tra- exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, it's kind of, I don't know, it's interesting to see how universal uh, these things can be. So let's move on to the next one. And this one should be very familiar to you. Okay. And that is Jinn. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So what can you tell me about Jinn? From all the uh, slumber parties I had. Um, <laughs> well, actually, I can't tell you very much about Jinns because whenever someone would be like, okay, let's turn off the lights and say, like, like spread um, gin stories. I was the only one, who, the one who was always like screaming and telling everybody to stop <laughs> and like turn the lights up. I'm not partaking in this. Um, but what I do know is that they do have their roots in Islam, and um, I know that. Well, it, as the Muslims, we believe that they're real, um, and that uh, they're not all necessarily evil. I know, like, they can be good jinns. Like mm-hmm. I'm using air quotes, good jinns, um, like. Uh, like the devil in Islam used to was a jinn, or I guess is a jinn, and, and he was like you know hanging out with all the angels and was like really holy until he had that whole like beef with God and stuff like that. So uh, that's what I know about jinns. Okay, so a little bit more about jinn. So jinn is kind of the common catch-all term for all the different types of jinn that there are, okay. but they're also the term for the lowest rank of jinn who also convert to Islam. So they kind of have their own lives and they lead them, oh. and, uh, uh, like you or I. And there's uh, this concept that there. So this is, and I'm speaking from the Islamic perspective because this is the perspective that we have, mm-hmm. right? So uh, there's a belief that there's Christian jinns, there's Jewish jinns, there's atheist jinns, really? there's Muslim jinns, and uh, all sorts, whatever faith or ideological. I'm, I mean, I'm sure there's a pro-Trump jinn. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so then, then next above that is the Amir, which are dwellers. And these are the jinns who live in the houses of people. And yeah. that's why they're called the dwellers. And uh, the Prophet Muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, 
told us to warn told us to uh, be wary of a jinn that lives in your house mostly in the form of a black snake um and if it doesn't leave your house um you have to kind of uh, say for it to leave three times and on the third time if it doesn't leave then you have to kill it because it's not a jinn it's a devil so if it leaves the first time you're good it's just a regular like it's not a bad gin but if it doesn't leave after you ask it for it to do it three times you can kill it so wait is that saying that basically if you want to avoid gins go to colder climates because like you know (laughs) (laughs) maybe um so the next type of gin are ruh which is also the word for uh spirits right okay so that's actually the word we have for our soul is our ruh right oh my god Ruh it away. <laughs> I don't get it. That's a spirited away. Ruh it away. That was so bad. You know what? I'm not going to edit that out. I'm leaving that oh in there. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the roof jinns, the spirit jinns, are one of those that interact with children. And uh, we hear like a lot from children. So this is like secondhand information, not me saying this. So it says here, we hear a lot from our children that see, uh, seeing car- it's like seeing cartoons in real life. And uh, so they say that if your child is scared of water and they see cartoonish things that you can't, then uh, the, what they're really seeing are these ruh jins. Okay, so the next one is the ghouls. Yo, wait, how many type of gins are there? Because I can't, I, I don't think I can handle this emotionally. There's only three more. Jesus Christ. You can handle it, you can like handle that. it. It's Halloween. Uh, okay. <laughs> so the next ones are um, ghouls. Okay, and yeah. these are, uh, the, the Arabic word for them is Sila. Sila? Sila? Sila. <laughs> no, no, it sounds like Salah, but that's not right. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, so ghouls are also known as jinn magicians, and they dwell in deserts or areas where there's no human beings. And uh, these are the ones that I've heard of. Um, so they can look like animals that are very vicious, like uh, wild cats and dogs. Um, they often have forked tongues and canine teeth, and um, they are people who if you encounter one of these kinds of jinn in the wild in a place where not humans are you'll be attacked by it oh my god um i'm gonna move on to the next one because i feel like we're gonna dwell on each one too much and you'll get too scared yes please (laughs) uh you can't see it right now but she's crying no i'm not crying oh my god so the next one is al nasnas which is um it says shik here but i don't know what that means but it's it's al nasnas and uh, these are the strangest of all jinns, and they're described as a man split into two, oh. having half a body. Uh, these jinns that are like, so basically it looks like just like half a dude walking around. Yo. Like one arm, one leg, one half of a face. Can you see like his intestines on like the side that's cut away, or is that like closed off? I don't know. Important details. These are important details if you're making a movie about jinn. <laughs> So, so these jinns, if you encounter them, it doesn't really say where they are, but um, these jinns will like, uh, if they encounter a human being, they will beat them to death. Like just straight up, just you're done. And these jinns are often called upon in uh, using kala jadu, kali kala jadu, kala jadu. Look at this, kala jadu. And uh, they're kind of used for like witches and wizards, like evil bidding Mm-mm. okay no, so you. the next um jinn is uh, shaitan 
And these right. are jinns that are um, wicked. So all of these jinns I mentioned are all capable of being shaitans, right? So shaitan in our language, in, not our language, in Arabic, in mm-hmm. the Islamic language, means um, Satan, right? right? So we have the head Satan who's Iblis, and then the lesser shaitans who are these jinns who do shaitan's bidding. All right. <laughs> Let me just say my ayat al really quickly. <laughs> <laughs> so the next type of jinn is the marid. So, I I mean, the, these, like, jinns, these are actually described in the Quran. Mm-hmm. And these are one of the worst types of jinn. And uh, these jinns are, like, used by fortune tellers, where um, they who try and tell the future or tell things about a person. So they will, like call upon these marid and they will go up to heaven and steal messages from the angels and bring them back down to earth for the fortune teller to then say so they're like a like they're like a a speaking kind of jinn now the next type of jinn is one that i think a lot of people know about it was even mentioned in true blood and i used to love true bloods that's why i know about it although that episode of true blood that i had in it was super problematic so we'll just skip over that but they are called uh, ifrit and um, the Ifrit is like one of the worst types of jinn. They're extremely evil, extremely intelligent, and extremely strong. And so the Ifrit are actually mentioned in the Quran in the story of King Solomon and, uh, and Bilqis. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, and, and that's, that's pretty much it. I, won't, I don't know too much about them, and I don't want to go into too much detail because I don't know that much. Okay, so, that, and so, the, so the Ifrit is like the worst type of jinn. Besides the shaitan himself, like the the Iblis himself, he, he's the assistant to to the uh, shaitan, right? Are you trying to make a Dunder Mifflin joke? I'm trying to make an office joke, assistant to the shaitan, not assistant uh, uh, shaitan. <laughs> <laughs> so, and then the last jinn is one that's also mentioned in the Quran, and they're called the Karin. And this is a jinn that follows each and every human being um, from the moment of their birth till they die. Wait, what? <laughs> That's that so the, there's a verified hadith by the Prophet Muhammad mm-hmm. uh, where he says every one of you has been assigned a companion from the jinn the companions asked even you O messenger of Allah and the Prophet replied even me except that Allah has helped me against him and he has submitted so the Karin is a jinn that kind of will guide your nafs so the nafs is like uh, your deep and darkest desire like that your impetus to do evil in the world so the jinn will like encourage that so they say that the, the kareen is the jinn that will be like yeah yo you don't have to get up but like budger you're good just go to sleep that it will like it will already take your pre-existing thought and strengthen it Right, and the way to overcome this uh, karin is through uh, prayer and uh, through your steadfastness to your faith. So that's jinn. <laughs> you can't see my face right now, but I'm not amused. I'm <laughs> so um. scared. Oh, and also another myth about jinn that I've always heard growing up is when you talk about jinn, they come closer in the. Yeah, I don't believe that. That's so superstition because it's just. But it makes sense because if you heard somebody talking about you, wouldn't you be like eavesdropping and be like, yo? What does all say about me? <laughs> no, I, I think like if jinns are Islamically like a thing, mm-hmm. then you would need to talk about them, right? Like you would need to, you know, have that knowledge. I don't know. There's some things about jinns that I believe, some things that I think are just super 
Superstition. Yeah, yeah. I think it takes like, like, and we should clarify like, um, like both of us as Muslims, uh, we believe in jinn, but like, and I will believe the stuff that's like written in the Quran, but like other stuff like the superstition and stuff, I do take that with a grain of salt. Of course, yeah. of course, and I think it's the only thing yeah. on the list that I pretty much like do believe in is jinn. That's it. Yeah, I, I don't know if I can believe in like these backwards feet aunties with their long tongues <laughs> and like, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not down with that. Maybe I don't want to believe them. Um, but man, I really, really, I really wish gins aren't real. Let's watch it after this. No, are you crazy? <laughs> Listen, I, I remember on my birthday, I, I think it was like my seventeenth birthday. My friends threw a surprise party for me at their house, right? And um. And it was really awesome, really kind. And then they're like, okay, we prepared a movie. We know you're really picky, so we, we already chose the movie, right? And I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I'm down for anything. I'm, I'm, um, if you've already chosen a movie, you know, I'll, I'll sit down and watch. The movie was The Exorcism, and oh my you god. You mean The Exorcist? Whatever. The thing, <laughs> I don't watch horror movies. But I, I watched it, and it was so scary the whole time. I, like, that movie I did, is funny. What the hell are you saying? <laughs> it's, it's funny. The part when the woman gets dragged across the house by her hair by this invisible demon. And then it's cheesy. Like no, okay, listen. That is the scariest shit I've seen in my life, and I don't intend to to further perpetuate that in my life. I just don't See, with me, it's like I get scared very easily, but I'll still watch like the horror film. Because I kind of like feel the need to be scared. Because it's like our, thrilling. Our mom is interesting, though, because she's, she's like curious about like plot lines so like um it's not a horror movie but world war z was supposed to be like a thriller and she was like the story was so good so she watched the whole thing on mute with subtitles (laughs) even then certain certain points were like too intense so she would fast forward (laughs) and it took her three days to watch it (laughs) all right and we're back for our final Final. I was gonna go uh, no such thing as a fish and go final fact of the day, but um, no. This is our final monster of the episode, and that is Bhut. Bhut. Do you know what a Bhut is? Um, I think I do. That's like from a movie with uh, Abhishek Bachchan <laughs> and like the kid. And that was like the first ho- Bollywood horror film that I ever remember experiencing. I think that's the only Bollywood horror movie I've seen. There's, there's been a, lot a of few. Industry there's been it. like, yeah, there's like the industry is all dominated by love stories for sure. Which is awesome. We do not need more horror stories in our lives. So a boot is, um, it, it's been in like popular culture and literature of uh, Pakistan, India, and particularly Bangladesh. Um, but it's been around for obviously many, many years before Abhishek Bachchan was even alive. And uh, a bhut, uh, the literal translation is ghost, right? Uh, and what's interesting is there's like all of these myths kind of dip and dive into each other, like this like shared attributes for certain ones. So with a bhut, it's um, usually described as a type of like a being with backward feet, like the chorel. Okay. Um, or it's tree dwelling, like the chorel as well. But um, the thing with a bhut is like we have our own very specific word for it that we actually still use today. Like bhut is in our normal day to day language to describe a ghost, and uh, a lot of our uh, like South Asian colloquialisms as well. 
And that's because it's like a very, very deeply ingrained belief in the people of the subcontinent across generation. And it still persists today. If you go to parts of India, Pakistan, Bangladesh, people will still 100% believe in Bhut. Mm-hmm. They usually say that uh, Bhuts are uh, inhabiting like uh, either rural areas or uh, like uh, deserted homes, mansions or poor houses. Like they could be anywhere. Mm-hmm. And uh, what's interesting is Bhut comes from the word Bhuta, which is a Sanskrit term um, that means both past and being. It's very interesting because uh, that's where we kind of get the modern translation of ghost. It's a being from the past, right? Which kind of brings to mind certain like time travel aspects, but I don't think that's quite what it means. No. But it's pretty interesting. Damn. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, so like I said, booths um, can uh, have backward feet or dwell in trees. Um, but like jinns, they can also assume forms of various animals at will, but they're usually seen in the form of a human. So they usually avoid any area that's like sacred, so like a temple or a mosque or something of that um, nature. And they'll usually walk through the forest and uh, try and guide people or beguile people into coming near them. And uh, usually the idea is like, you know, they'll, they'll kill the person or lead them to their death in some way. Right? So they're all in all, they're usually considered evil. Now, what I thought was really, really interesting was that um, there's different ways to thwart boot, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so, and again, it's interesting because like a lot of the kind of Western horror, like um, elements of horror or... Uh, elements of mythologies we often hear often carry similar themes that ghosts can't uh, cross across uh, running water or ghosts are afraid of iron uh, or steel mm-hmm. and uh, you, you know for the longest time I thought that kind of language pretty much only existed in the western narrative of horror mythology but it also uh, occurs in the uh, South Asian mythologies as well so booths are said to be afraid of running water um, iron and what I thought was awesome and also very uniquely Indian is that uh, if you burn haldi, right? So oh, what's haldi again? So, so haldi is the, the it's, it's, the English translation is turmeric. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Yes, yeah, you know. Yeah, I know that. So it looks kind of like, the root of it looks kind of like a ginger, but okay. when you cut open, it's like bright, bright yellow. And we oh. often use it in, it's got very like various Ayurvedic properties and health properties. That's and, the stuff that they put on brides, like on Mandy's, right? Yeah, like, yeah. So you have like yeah. that healthy paste that they put on brides to give them a natural glow. And recently, like a new age um, vegans and all sorts of like annoying white people. White people. <laughs> <laughs> have kind of co-opted uh, a healthy or turmeric as uh, being the new crazy health thing like right. turmeric la- lattes what? getting on a t- yeah that's like haldi dude that we used to drink Yo. right that is disgusting that sounds so gross no we, you never had it i remember drinking it when i was little because it was considered like something very healthy it's an right. invention of like this oh so it's like had, our invention yeah but they turned haldi dude into turmeric latte so they've appropriated haldi yes dude. that's exactly that's the word i was looking for the word i should have known off the bat but They've appropriated it. Anyways, we're getting on a totally different <laughs> different wave. tangent, different wave. But um, yeah, so I thought that was really interesting and kind of funny that uh, booths are warned, warded off by burning turmeric mm. uh, roots. And also like invoking the name of holy figures. So uh, as Muslims, you would invoke the name of the Prophet 
or uh, the other prophets um, or Allah. Uh, if you're Hindu, I'm assuming you would call out the name of like a Hindu god or goddess. Or, or you could sprinkle earth on yourself, like earth from a holy land, okay. which is also another ancient concept that's found throughout different cultures. What? what uh, Just that, like that this is sacred land. So if you sp- which land quantifies the sacred land? So like any like the land earth from like a temple. Oh, okay, right? okay. Like like a religious like uh, area, and there's also various like rituals that you could perform to ward away bhuts, and. Um, uh, and, and there's there's a whole like a history and a lexicon behind it. What I find interesting is that um, ghosts in or bhuts in Bengali culture are super um, dominant. So in Bangladesh, there's like loads and loads of different types of bhuts, mm-hmm. and um, I won't go into explaining each and every one, but I'll say a few of them out. The, this list is extensive, and I found it on Wikipedia, and I had a great fun reading through it. So there's a uh, Shakchuni, Domori, Beshubut, Penchapechi, Mechobut, Mamdobut, Getchobut. Getchobut. Getchobut right here. No, that's a word. Um, I, I, but these are like, um, these are these are actually words that are being spoken in, in Bengali and stuff. Right. So I'm probably butchering the translation or right, the yeah, pronunciation. Totally. One of the scariest ones that I, that kind of caught my attention were the uh, Rakosh. And they're like a really scary, demonic-looking bhut with pointed fangs and claw-like f- fingernails and superhuman strength. And um, these story, these stories of these bhuts actually existed in the epics of uh, Ramayana and Mahabharata. Again, uh, sorry for the pronunciation. Um, but uh, and there's like a lot of stories in Bengali folklore that speaks of these very vicious demonic um, bhut. So it's like a so it's interesting because like a, in Pakistan and India we've got bhut but we've also got like jinn and vetala and jurel and um, all of that. But in Bangladesh there's like this really super extensive lexicon of different types of bhut which is super interesting and I would encourage anyone listening to definitely if you're interested definitely look it up there's an amazing wikipedia article which I will include in the show notes um but yeah so what do you think of boots Hafsa? that's interesting I have a question are there are boots kind of relate to be um basically evil creatures in South Asian um like stories yes I think like with bhut the majority of them are evil but there's some that are just like they're neither good nor bad okay they're just kind of like ambivalent and uh and i think that kind of at least in the bengali and pakistani cultures because it's rooted in Islam, not rooted in islam but islam plays an integral role for a lot of modern pakistanis and bengalis um the the idea of anything good other than the, the idea that the only good that there is can only be Allah and his message and the mm-hmm. messengers, right? So um, anything outside of that considered to be good or a force of good that could protect you in any way would be like shirk. Mm-hmm. So anything else is just evil. That's interesting because um, there's like this sect of Islam where I'm sure you know, because we've been to a couple of these. Um, I don't, I don't want to be disrespectful, so uh, so I'm sorry if I come across as such. Uh, I have a very high tolerance, like a good tolerance for, for religions. But um, there's a sect of Islam where like you, I don't know, you repeat like some du'as or, you know, like sections from the Quran 
um, in an attempt to bring back like the ghost of Muhammad PC upon him. Yeah. Which is like, and, and I maybe it's like something that's lost in translation. Maybe it's less of a ghost and more of like a spirit or something like that. But that's um, I don't know. I feel, and then that's a sect of Islam that's kind of firmly rooted in South Asia. It's nothing that kind of pertains to other. I mean there could be but it's nothing that I'm aware of but yeah there is there's definitely a sect of like a Sunni Islam in South Asia that believes in like um, kind of praying towards um, graves of holy people and singing songs to invoke the spirit of the prophet Muhammad and um, you know I mean that's their belief it's not our belief necessarily but what's interesting about that is um, I feel like it's sort of a marriage of uh, Islam and pre-Islamic rituals and traditions and history and this mm-hmm. really deep-rooted belief and even love of um, mythologies, of um, magic, of uh, things beyond sort of the, the human, the, the mortal realm. Oh, oh more traitors! <laughs> What were the trick-or-treaters dressed up this time? This was the most thisy trick-or-treaters ever. <laughs> they're, I think, so they're thisy, and they were in like their full like winter getup, and the only costume they had was some quick face paint. Like, <laughs> like the girl had some whiskers, and the guy had, I think it was like a, supposed to be like a scarecrow skeleton with like the lines across his face, and they didn't even say that like trick-or-treat. They just <laughs> held their <laughs> give us candy. Yeah, <laughs> potato like uh, not potato sacks. Uh, uh, pillow sacks. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay, so those are kids on a mission. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Hafsa, for being on the show. It's been a pleasure. I hope you're not too scared. I'm not that scared, actually. I'm a, I'm a strong, confident woman. Just um, remember, jinns listen when we talk. Can you? No, we, we debunked this myth already. You didn't debunk it. It could I be true. It. I do not believe it. Like, that's something that I'm 100% like, I have a firm belief that, that does, that's a myth. You should never be too sure. I, I am it be the same. No. <laughs> Okay, so where can people find you online if they want to follow you? So, I'm scare you. Oh my god, never mind. <laughs> um, you can find me on Twitter and in Instagram um, at Hapsa Asadullah. That's Hapsa with an H at the end. Okay, I'll add a link. I'll yes. add a link. No, I hate it when people forget the H because that's how you spell most days. Anyways, um, you can follow me on Facebook as well, Hapsa Asadullah. I do a lot of political stuff. Um, Awesome. And um, I was going to say see you later, but we live together. So, uh, yeah. See you at dinner. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, happy Halloween. Quiet. Okay. (laughs) All right. Thanks for listening, guys.